When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. M the Zone. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Believe it or not, it was a two-time winner that took home the title yesterday as they wrapped up the World Champion Cheese Contest in Madison. Morning, everybody. It's a finally Friday, and I'm the fabulous farm babe, Pam Youngke, bringing you details on that story. We're now into Lent. That's a big deal around Wisconsin. Our Friday night fish fries are always popular, but they take on special meaning at this time of the year. What about supply chain disruptions when it comes to our seafood? I've got that for you. And we continue to focus in on changes that are being proposed for the farm and industry short course. Remember, this is an educational opportunity that's more than 100 years old. And now the agribusiness and farm organizations reacting to the announcements. Oh, yeah, we got a full plate of information for you this morning. Weather-wise, I'm happy to say we're going to warm up today. 42 are expected high with clouds. Tomorrow, believe it or not, 60 degrees are possible high. We are going to get an afternoon shower, though, that could be measurable. Sunday, clouds in 43. Then Monday, a little cooler. 35 degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist coming with those details in about 15 minutes. As a farmer, you're always watching the weather. And you know it can change in a moment's notice. Why not help keep track of the weather by becoming a rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service? Weather observers just like you are scattered throughout the United States, helping to submit data to improve the accuracy of our weather reports. Just head on over to cocorahs.org to learn more and get signed up today. Keep looking ahead. Spring is around the corner. Planting seeds is definitely on my mind. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Stephanie had the opportunity to talk about the uh, availability of the seeds around. That's right, Jill, and garden seeds are on my mind, too. And actually, the COVID-19 pandemic brought on a need for seed, and this increase in demand has meant that seed producers and garden centers have had to catch up on their supply. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I talked to Nathan Zondag. He's the president and CEO of Jung Garden Center. He says they've been sitting pretty good in terms of seed supply, but if you're in search of a specific breed, you want to make sure you get those now. He says it's always a good rule of thumb to get your shrubs, fruit trees, and garden seeds early, but that's even more true this year. So with seeds, what's happened is we've seen a huge increase in demand over the last couple of years. We're expecting that increase to keep going at least through the next year, if not the next couple of years. So what that means as far as an industry as a whole is that you are probably we're probably going to start seeing some holes in the um, in the inventory just as the growers have to start to catch up because it does take a couple of years you know to get everything you know get everything caught up. We are we personally are are sitting in pretty good shape with what we have in stock. We're a little bit our inventory is a little bit low compared to what we would have wanted it to be. But all in all, we are we are sitting in good shape, I guess. Is it a particular plant or variety that uh, you're seeing holes? 
the tighter big, supply? Yeah, the biggest issues that we're having is anything that we have to import from, from overseas. So um, we do get a lot of, I mean, we get seeds from all over the world, from Europe, from China, from India, from uh, Mexico, just all over the all over the planet. So when we're we're supplying those, we're doing a lot of that stuff a year or two in advance. And with all of the issues with the supply chain, some of it's a little bit later than we want. Some of it we had to order more so that we could make sure that we had enough. And some of it isn't going to make it. Um, I'd say the biggest variety that that we have that is going to be affected is probably tomatoes this year. That being said, we have um, we have some between all of our catalogs, between all of our businesses, we have about 600 varieties of tomatoes, and it's probably going to affect about 25 of those varieties. So it's not the majority by any stretch of the imagination. We still have, you know, 95 plus percent of the of the uh, uh, tomatoes that we would like to have. It's just a little bit more than we typically see as far as issues with bringing in seed. Of course, right? It has to be the the plant that's easiest to can. <laughs> of of all the different kinds of types of tomato, there just may be, you know, if there's this very particular tomato that somebody has their heart set on, we might not have that particular tomato, but we probably have three other tomatoes that are very similar and will do will do the same job that the one they're looking for will. What about greenhouse supply? I you know, in terms of uh, you know, landscaping shrubs, uh plants, Fruit, even fruit trees. How is that looking? So fruit trees is a crop that is on a three-year cycle. So all of our fruit trees that we ordered have been on order for three years now. And so all of that is in pretty good shape. The issue we're probably going to see is in a couple of years, we're not going to, we're probably going to be short on some of those varieties because a lot of the backstock that we had planned on having got sold through some of the fruiting trees and shrubs that are on those longer cycles. Um, As far as greenhouse supply is concerned, I think the biggest thing that we've seen between last year into this year is is an infrastructure issue. So we grow a lot of stuff ourselves. We have about 10 acres of greenhouse space that we use for ourselves, but that's not enough space to cover everything that we sell through our garden centers and our catalogs. So what we do is we have growers from Wisconsin and also some growers in Michigan that grow plants for us. The issue we're having is some of the growers in Michigan are no longer traveling to Wisconsin because of um, trucking issues and and different um, labor issues and things like that that are causing some problems with getting the product we need. Now, we have the benefit, like I said, that we do have a lot of growing greenhouse that we do ourselves. So we are trying to work here to find a plan to make sure that our garden centers have the product that we need. Whereas if we didn't have that space, we maybe wouldn't have everything that we want for our garden centers this spring, like tomato and pepper plants, petunias and calabacoa and other annual flowers that that we bring in from um, from other greenhouses. We maybe wouldn't have that this spring if we didn't have the the uh, greenhouse space that we have ourselves. So we're we're pretty lucky in that respect that we have the um, we have the capability of being able to do some of that work ourselves um, because a lot of uh, a lot of the garden centers I'm guessing are probably going to run low on a lot of those gardening plants, the tomatoes, the peppers, the vet, other vegetables, the, and, the, uh, and the bedding plants like the petunias. Do you recommend consumers purchase their seeds, purchase their fruit trees early? 
I would say if you're looking for very specific varieties, the earlier you purchase them, the better. And that's kind of a good general rule. It's not just the last couple of years, but I would say that the last couple of years have shown that it's a little bit more important um, because like I was saying with the tomatoes, uh, tomato seeds, we're going to, we're going to have most of the seeds, but if you have a specific seed that you want, it may sell out faster this year than it has in the past. And if you don't order it in time, it may not be there and you'll have to order something else. Now, if you're the type of gardener who just wants to, you know, trial something and they don't really care what they're putting in or what type of apple tree or what type of what type of blueberry plant or what type of eggplant or what, whatever you're going to put in your yard or your garden this year, we'll still have plenty of plants to go around later in the season. You just might not be that one specific variety that you're looking for. All right. Good to know. And yeah, and if you're planning to plant fruit trees in your yard, this sounds like the year to do it in case we are seeing a tighter supply in the following years. I also want to ask you about like other supplies that you know that you need as a greenhouse. You need hoses, you need containers for your potted plants. Yep. And then you also, you know, keep your shop stocked with gadgets for the for your lawn and garden and tools and soils and fertilizers. How has that been going? So what I'll what I'll say is is 2021 was uh was a bit of a circus for us because in 2020, you know, things were kind of already in process. So anything that we did have on order for 2020 was already either in-house or soon to be in-house when everything kind of started going crazy. Um, but for 2021, with all of, I, I keep going back to the infrastructure issues, with all of the shipping delays and all of the um, low, low inventory of products, you know, they weren't, ex the people who were selling to us weren't expect expecting the surge in sales that they've seen. And so there were just less products available and less ability to get them to you in a timely manner. So what we've done for this year is we've we have tried to, like we were talking about before, we've tried to order early. We've tried to bring stuff in ahead of time where most years, you know, we want everything to get there in, you know, January, February, March. So we're not holding on to it for long periods of time. This year, we were trying to bring stuff in in August and September and October and then holding it in our warehouse space so that we would have it for the customers. It costs us a little bit more because we had to buy it ahead of time and we had to pay for the extra labor at those times of years when we don't usually have to pay for that labor. But what it's going to do is it's going to allow us to have product that we maybe couldn't have had if we didn't order ahead of time. This is a story we're hearing across the state of Wisconsin, across the nation, agribusinesses having to stay on top of things, maybe do some extra steps uh, to make sure they have everything they need for their customers. You know, another question for you as we look ahead into the new year. I mean, what are the trends this year? What trends are going to continue from the pandemic? And the reason I'm asking this, you mentioned, you know, you've seen increase in demand, increased traffic, increased business because people are, you know, maybe getting out to their gardens now that they've been working from home or they picked up new hobbies outdoors. I'm expecting to see a lot of the same trends that we've seen the last two years. The interesting thing about the trend over the last two years is that typically when there is um, social or economic upheaval, what we see is a huge increase in fruiting shrubs and plants and, and vegetable seeds, not so much with the ornamental plants, the roses and the, and the shade trees and um, different perennials that we sell. This last time, what we've seen is that there wasn't just an increase in the fruits and, fruits and vegetables, 
we've seen a huge increase kind of across the board, both for ornamental plants, fruit, fruiting plants, horticultural products, and pretty much everything we sell. So whether it's roses or, or fruit trees, um, bare root perennials or potted perennials, pretty much everything we sell has been on the uptick. And I'm expecting to see quite a bit of the same thing this year. In fact, the numbers that we have coming in so far have been pretty promising that we are going to see something similar to the last two years. And your customer base is pretty wide, too. It's not limited to urban or rural or age. I, I mean, I think you've got that right, that we have a very wide customer base, um, that we have people who from you know retirement age to to um, young families, to people who are just, you know, getting out of college and wanting to, you know, start doing some of the, uh, some of the gardening themselves. Um, what we've seen is a huge uptick in, in like houseplant sales and things like that. And that, that hints at a much bigger, you know, younger base. The houseplants have been huge in a, uh, in a younger demographic. But we have also seen a big increase in orders that we've been receiving through the mail, um, which has suggested that our the older customer base is still also going strong. So I think what, what I've noticed is not that we have lost any of our older customer base, but what we're gaining is a younger customer base. And so we're seeing a much more, um, a much more even um, demographic, not so much skewed to an older demographic, which was what we were skewing the past four or five years prior to, prior to the pandemic hitting. An overall positive message from Nathan Zondag, despite the supply chain challenges facing greenhouses like Jung Seed and Garden Center. He said to buy early, so I'll be going seed shopping after work today. Maybe I'll see you out hunting for seeds, too. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Haw. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau.
Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, yes, and we are going to get all kinds of springtime smells this weekend. It's time for a Comp Your Financial Ag Weather Update. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us this morning. Time to get out in a boat. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, we're starting to talk really big time about rainfall reporting. Uh, don't forget National Weather Service looking for your assistance you can sign up to be a rainfall reporter at cocoraz.org. That's C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S.org. And, of course, we've got the Midwest Farm Report talk text line that's going to get busy, 877-301-FARM. And you were telling me yesterday, measurable rain possibly by the end of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Pam. I mean, we're looking here at uh, something that could actually start to pop up a little bit tonight, more likely into Saturday and Saturday night. And I'm thinking for almost all of us, between a quarter and a half inch of rain certainly looks to be a possibility, although there could be some heavier rain, maybe a little storminess in the far southwest parts of Wisconsin or just up the Mississippi Valley, a little south of La Crosse. We may have to watch for what could become stormier or may have some heavier localized rains. Low pressure still out in the Rockies today. It's going to slip over toward northern Iowa, far southern Minnesota, into the day tomorrow, and then push across Wisconsin up into Lake Superior as we head through Sunday. Mostly we're talking rain here. I think parts of central Minnesota onto far northern Wisconsin to the UP could see more of that mixed precipitation, snow, especially some icing. There's a winter weather advisory in Jackson County, Black River Falls, northeast and northwest up to Eau Claire and Wausau. That winter weather advisory for ice and the like, midnight tonight till 9 a.m. Saturday. I'll have our forecast right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> Uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's have those details. All right, well, the Compure Financial Ag Weather Update is for partly sunny skies for the most part today. A few more clouds in the south, how about that? Well, we make our way just into the low 40s as winds become east and southeast about 5 to 10. It's overnight that we see more clouds and that chance of a little shower just before daybreak early morning. Look for temps in the low 30s down around freezing. Southeast winds 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Saturday and, of course, a scattered shower in the morning. More likely some showers later afternoon on toward evening. Oh, closer to 60. Upper 50s could see a 60. South winds 5 to 15, gusting to 30. Showers, even a thunderstorm into Saturday night. Could have a little icing further north late. Partly sunny, breezy Sunday after the rain. Low 40s again for highs. West winds quite strong, gusting to 30 and 35, diminished late. And then late Sunday night, Monday, Pam, a little mix of some snow, freezing rain. 
could just be enough to put a glazy slipperiness to you for Monday morning. Oh, wonderful. That's just what I need to hear. All right, Stu, have a good weekend. Thanks. You bet. Take care. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, through your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update, CompureFinancial.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle, and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs. Today, Rebath is a complete bath remodeling company. We replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. When we help accident victims, we fight to get them full justice, nothing less. That means all of the losses your injuries cause, medical bills, lost wages, and compensation for all your pain and suffering, now and in the future. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we rely on thorough analysis, detailed preparation, and a strong compassion for our clients to help you achieve your maximum recovery. Over decades of helping accident victims, we've built a track record of success that you can trust. When you choose Clifford and Rihala, we'll fight to make those responsible for your injuries pay you nothing less than the full compensation you deserve to make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you for justice, myjustice.com. 
Wiseway Flooring's budget-friendly pricing beats the big box store every day. Wiseway stocks flooring by the pallet and the roll to get you better pricing. Our cash and carry discount saves you even more for a beautiful do-it-yourself floor. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our product pricing might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. You know what makes car buying unpleasant? The pressure. The absolutely out of control, uncomfortable pressure. You know what causes that? Salespeople. Salespeople on a commission, pushing you into a car they want to sell you. Bergstrom Automotive got rid of that. All of that. When you come into any Bergstrom Automotive location in Madison or Middleton, you're a guest. You'll be met by one of their advisors. Whether you pick the most expensive car on the lot or a discount used car, their advisors get paid the same. Bergstrom advisors know that the only thing they have to do is listen to you and help you find the right car. And if for some reason you don't find the perfect vehicle, they'll shake hands and hope you come back again. But pressure? No, never. The better way is at Bergstrom. BergstromAuto.com. Robbie, my man, Rob Reichel. Rob, I'm so glad you called it this time. It's, it, it lines up perfectly. Oh, Robbie, you hear this? Right. You hear this song right here? You hear this, Robbie? One second. Little player, baby, come back. I, I, I would have never left in the first place. Well, Rob, this this wasn't for you per se. This is more for Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Yes. Because I'm going to play you a clip, Robbie, and tell me if it doesn't sound like Matt LaFleur is listening to Players Baby Come Back about Aaron Rodgers. Let me just fade this. I'm going to play the clip, Rob, and then I want you to uh, react to it. It's about how difficult is it for him to wait for Rodgers to announce a decision right. if he will return to Green Bay or not. Here's the clip. Take a listen. I mean, you can only control what you can control. So you just, you know, try to make the best of it and try to have consistent communication. And, um, you know, I told him I don't want to be overbearing and, and tell him every day how much we love him and how much we want him back. But, Baby. Uh, so you just you you, you just want to be respectful of, of his of his space and and allow him to you know think through everything clearly without being annoying I guess. Rob, doesn't that sound like that Matt Lafleur just got broken up with and he's like, okay, she just needs some space, she needs some time. I love her though. I don't want to be annoying. Doesn't it sound doesn't it sound strange, Robbie? It it absolutely does. I was standing <laughs> five feet from Matt Lafleur yesterday as he said that, Evo. Um, <laughs> oh, you're down in Indy. By, by the way, are, are we on the air now? Yeah, we are live on air, Robbie. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, all right. Usually I get three minutes with Nelly, so I, I didn't know what we were doing today. Um, no, yeah, no, I was I was standing right there with Matt and the great Dennis Krause and, from Milwaukee asked the question. It was a very good question. And, uh, no, I, I, I had the same thing. Like, Matt was just waiting to find out if his girlfriend uh, would ever come back or not. And, <laughs> and, and um, I, I, I think the girlfriend's going to come back, Evo. But uh, but again, Matt Matt Matt's playing the waiting game, and it's it, it it it's hard for Matt, and he probably needs more songs. Some of those seventies seventies love songs like that, Evo, to try to get him through the day. <laughs> hey, Rob Reichel joining us right now, uh, Forbes.com, Conley Media. So, <laughs> Robbie, um, it, it sounds like to me like Matt Lafleur is that lover scorned, like he he got broken up with, but he's good. Can he promise a ring? 
for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Rodgers is coming back because he wants that ring, right? It's like, well, if we're not going to walk down the aisle and get the ring, then why would I come back? Can Matt LaFleur promise Aaron Rodgers that ring? He certainly can't. But, Evo, on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers can do a lot to ensure that a ring comes back by giving the Green Bay Packers and, – and, hey, I, I'm not telling anybody to ever do with, what to do with their money. Aaron Rodgers deserves a lot of money. He deserves to be paid among the top five quarterbacks in football. But you know who else did over the last decade, every single year, Evo? This guy named Tom Brady. And, and Brady would always give the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, a, a little bit of a deal on that contract. And guess what, Evo? It, it led to um, free agents that otherwise they would not have signed. It led to in-season acquisitions that maybe otherwise they wouldn't have gotten. Look at Tampa the last couple of years, Evo, as, as they've needed some pieces moving through the season, uh, especially their Super Bowl season of, of two years ago. A guy like Leonard Fournette shows up on the street. What happens? He's a, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Antonio Brown shows up on the street. And at least for that one season, Evo, he gave him a big lift. I mean, Evo, if Aaron Rodgers is making $50 million next season or, or anywhere close to that, and the salary cap is 208 I mean, your your listeners are smart enough, Evo. They, they can do the math. Rodgers is sucking up the better part of a quarter, uh, you know, 25% of that salary cap. Now you throw on another 30 potentially for Devontae, and you're talking 80 out of 200, give or take, Evo, you know, 40% of the roster is going to go to two guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Evo, you're just not winning Super Bowls that way. It's almost impossible when two guys gobble up that much of the salary cap. And then on top of it, Evo, you know, you say can Matt LaFleur deliver a ring. I mean, Evo, everything was set up the last two years for Aaron Rodgers to deliver the state of Wisconsin, the city of Green Bay, Packer Nation everywhere, a ring. And again... And I'm a freaking bridesmaid again. Unbelievable. And, and again, Evo, he was he was very average to poor mm. in the playoffs when you need your best player and your most expensive player to be at their absolute best. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cloudy skies today and 42 degrees. Warm tomorrow by March measurements. We'll be up to 60 degrees, but a pretty good chance that we're going to get measurable rain. Sunday, 43. Monday, 35 degrees. And by the way, don't forget, we are focused in on getting you to be a rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service. You can officially join their ranks, and they are looking for people in rural communities, especially by signing up at cocoraz.org. That's C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S dot org. And, of course, right here, we'd love you to share your rainfall reports with us on the Midwest Farm Report. Remember our talk text line that's going to get busy again with rainfall reports, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. You can call that number or you can text that number, and we'll get the information. Well, like I said, daytime highs today around 42, tomorrow 60 degrees. So today is fourth day of March. On this day back in 1977, a terrible earthquake in Romania claimed over 1,500 lives. Most of them were in Bucharest. I think about that 
because now that's one of the areas that's probably witnessing Ukrainian folks that are trying to find safe haven. Can you imagine if there was a natural disaster like that on top of the Russian conflict? That happened on this day back in 1977. Here's an interesting one. On this day back in 1918, the very first documented case of the Spanish flu was detected. Now, that turned into a deadly worldwide pandemic that uh, actually probably is equal to the footing of what we've experienced with COVID. The disease spread around the world, caused over 25 million deaths that they could record at that time, back in 1918. I know that if uh, you're of my age, you may have had uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, that type of thing that told you stories about that Spanish flu and how it impacted their lives back in 1918 when it began. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that Wisconsin had seven of the top 20 winners at the World Champion Cheese Contest yesterday. The Netherlands had five, Switzerland four, Spain, Austria, California, and New York each had one. That's the top 20. In the end, it was a Gruyer cheese from Switzerland that took home the World Champion title for a second time. You know, Switzerland is very much like Wisconsin. They've got a master cheesemaker program as well. The only two places in the world with those programs. Aaron Zimmerman's got an update on that. The only two places in the world with a master cheese maker program are Wisconsin and Switzerland. And I'm here with Stefan Trutman. He is from Switzerland, working with the cheesemakers in Switzerland. And so, Stefan, first of all, tell me a little bit, I guess, where it got its start and, and a little bit about it. Well, this um, uh, started very early, so we would say 100 years ago or even more. So it was like all, always a special thing that we said we have to have good cheesemakers. So we started with um, programs like educating on basic level, then uh, got higher level, and finally you got the cheesemaker, what you can do. And uh, we had special schools in Switzerland for cheesemakers. So um, then you, you can take their uh, different courses and finally uh, your aim is the master cheesemaker. Definitely. So now I guess let's talk a little bit, you know, you talk about educating people and getting, you know, getting them to get to that step of quality cheese. I guess what does it all take to become a master cheesemaker in Switzerland? I guess kind of what's the process and, and you know, how, who, who gets there and how? Yeah, well, First, uh, it's possible after your, your school um, education, you can choose in Switzerland if you want to go to university or if you want to do a certain profession. So it's kind of different to the US or Wisconsin. So if you choose a profession, you can uh, choose like cheese maker. So now it's called milk technologist because it's widened up also to like yogurt, ice cream and stuff but even still uh, products containing milk. And then you, you do a basic education, it's about three years, and then you can call yourself cheesemaker. And after that, you can do a first um, grade uh, master cheesemaker. This is about yeah, two years, and it's um, parallel to your work. So you do this education, and um, there's more like uh, specialized technologies, um, to say, yeah, leading a, a, an enterprise, all that stuff. So it goes a little bit further. 
and if you uh, finalize this education you can go for the master cheese maker then uh, this education goes more into like marketing also like um, higher education it's not it's not called university as you call it but it's a higher education and you learn also like financial stuff and marketing stuff and all that and finally you're educated as master cheese maker we're learning a lot about the Swiss cheese industry here talking with Stefan Trutman here at the World Cheese Championship. He is from Switzerland, works with the cheesemakers there, talking a little bit about the Master Cheesemaker program and their cheesemaking industry in Switzerland. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Thanks, Aaron. And again, the champion at the World Champion Cheese Contest came from uh, Bern, Switzerland. It was an award-winning Gruyere from Mountain Dairy, second time they've won the title. In overnight electronic trade this morning, we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average down more than 200 points currently. December corn's up 15 and a half at 627. November beans down a nickel at 1448. July wheat's up 75 cents, the limit at 1191. Yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese gained five cents at 197. 40 pound block cheese was up four and three quarter cents to 210 and a quarter. Double A butter two and a quarter cents higher, 270 a pound. April milk right now down 16 cents at 23.28 a hundredweight. If you've been following along at MidwestFarmReport.com, you see that yesterday the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation issued a statement on their disappointment on the decisions being made to change the farming industry short course. We're going to talk more about that developing story next with Jennifer Blazik, director of the Farm and Industry Short Course. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a burglary investigation. On January 22nd at 3.04 a.m., Rocky's Liquor Store, located at 4429 Milwaukee Street, was burglarized. The suspect used a rock to break the glass front door. They then entered the store and stole an unknown amount of alcohol from behind the counter. The suspect was described as a male wearing a black puffer jacket with a black hoodie over his head, black pants, and black, white, and yellow mid-air Jordan 1 shoes. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. If we all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So
From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, you may have heard the news that there are some changes coming to Wisconsin's farm and industry short course. But when I say Wisconsin's farm and industry short course, that uh, short course has far-reaching effects outside of our border. Joining us now is the director of the farm and industry short course, uh, and that is uh, our friend uh, Jennifer Blazik. Now, Jennifer, the announcement came that beginning as of March 12th, essentially, uh, there's going to be some changes to the way that farm and industry short course is conducted. First, let's talk about what's going on right now. Give us a sense of uh, what's going on in the classroom. How many folks did you reach with the 2022 curriculum and from where? Yeah, so it's been a really good group. Uh, you know, we came right out of the COVID pandemic, and so I was a little worried, you know, interest. I wasn't able to attend some trade shows and things, but we had a really, um, and they're a really passionate group. So we have 37 students who started the year with us. Um, we didn't have as many, we didn't have any international students because of pandemic rules and things, but uh, we have a couple out of state and then mostly from Wisconsin. Um, we have students from all over the spectrums, employees, working on farms to the majority, as it always has been in Fisk, is, you know, going back to the farm. And uh, we actually have two students who are thinking of going on for an undergrad at UW-Madison because, you know, they got that ex- that confidence and experience here that they're like, hey, I can do this. This is cool. So it's just been really fun having them and getting to know them and having them back on campus. That's what I was excited about this year is last year we were virtual and, um, you know, you'd miss out on a lot of those hallway conversations and things that I, I really appreciate. And so it was it was great having them back on campus and their energy. Just in case people aren't familiar with uh, FISC and what it what, you know, really audience it serves, help them understand what the impetus of the farm and industry short course was over 100 years when it started. Yeah, so it really was to get education to uh, farmers who needed it. And so it's, um, uh, it's it's from the day one. It's always been to target it at people, to farmers who are working the land, um, people in agriculture who can't do a f- full year, you know, of um, September through May because uh, it runs into the growing seasons. And so it's really been targeted at that. And over years, it's been tar- – it's uh, attracted more beginning, I would say younger farmers, so people right out of high school, um, and that's who we've mostly been reaching um, in the and since, definitely since I've been, but even before when I joined uh, Fisk in 2018. And so it's really a lot of un, um, right out of high school, you know, young young agriculturalists who are ready to go. And then it's changed. So we always have had farm kids, I would say, you know, quote unquote farm kids as our bread and butter, but we've seen a lot more students who are non-traditional students. They're like, hey, agriculture is for me. I don't know anything. This is a great program because it gets me the experience and the knowledge, and then I can go out into the industry, and it gives me those networks of where to go for a job. Um, Also, older adults who are interested in FISC um, who are like, hey, I'm changing my career, and this is a great program because it's short. Um, The challenge is, of course, on campus and if they have commitments with family or work. But, yeah, so it's definitely been from day one that, you know, those younger people who are ready to start their career in agriculture, and uh, especially in production agriculture, that's been the big group. So the announcement has been made that uh, beginning as of March 12th, the Farm and Industry Short Course is going to make some fairly dramatic changes. Jennifer, explain what those changes are and what you're excited about as far as those changes. Yes. So as much of agriculture industry and and things over the years, right, we're we're evolving to the next stage. Um, So what's happening is we're moving away from that residential 16-week program and into more of the non-credit space and more flexible learning options. 
And so things like shorter short courses or online or but not giving up that in person because we know just how important it is for students to get here on campus, you know, not only meet with faculty and staff here in Cal's, but also to get that hands-on experience. So that will definitely be a piece going forward. It's just now I have the flexibility to offer things beyond that tied to the four credit certificate residential program. So it's actually going to become, FISC is going to be wider and bigger because we'll be able to do a bunch of different options for students and more targeted to their needs. Uh, It's more of potentially a la carte option instead of, hey, you have to take X number of required courses, and if you don't like them, sorry, but that's part of how you get your certificate. So it's definitely going to be a lot more flexible based on students' needs and and still holding true to what we've always done in FISC, which is that hands-on, applied, and, you know, connecting people to the campus. So I'm really excited about that um, and the flexibility that it'll give me. Um, you know, I have had a lot of ideas over the last four years, and it's really hard to implement those in a very strict four-credit model. So I'm really excited about being able to reach, you know, more non-traditional students or some of my students who are very advanced, giving them the courses that they need because we weren't able to do that um, when we had to go through curriculum process and, you know, all of that, those rules and regulations. So it's really exciting just to be able to offer that flexibility while maintaining what we all know and love of FISC, which is that hands-on applied and really meeting the needs and staying um, relevant to the industry. So what have the students said, Jennifer? They kind of heard about it just recently. What have they been saying? Yeah, so it's it's a very tough decision, and I and I know that the timing is is not ideal, right? There's no good time to communicate this kind of change to anyone or to any time, and so I really feel for them. They it's been uh, a mix of emotions. I think some recognize that you know just like in agriculture, you know when we had really low milk prices you know, what is a business to do if there's no income coming in? So I think they recognize that to a certain level because they've experienced it. They've seen their neighbors have to sell out. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're really committed and passionate about the program. And and they're really enthusiastic because for most of them, it's given them a lot of confidence that they had not had before in themselves and also in their careers. But And also the opportunity, many of them said, this gave me an opportunity to excel where I fit in and that I haven't had that in high school or other opportunities. And I've, like we were talking before, I've gotten to know them really well this year over the four years to the other students. That's one of the key things that keeps me going. And my passion is working with these students. And so um, I definitely feel for them. They're, they're upset. Um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a grieving process. There's some, the residential is such a key piece of their experience of FISC that um, in their lives, especially, you know, when they're young and uh, they're just growing into themselves. And so that that is um, something that we have to acknowledge that there is a loss there. And I've been really pushing on them. As I have always said, feedback has always been important for me since day one when I started. And I said, you know, this is your opportunity to really have a voice in the future of FISC. And we don't have to let that whole experience go. It's not going to look the same. It won't be 16 weeks, but we don't have to give it up completely. So there is, if that's something that you need and you, and we still need to reach those beginning young agriculturalists, which I think everyone in the industry can acknowledge that's key. We need people to be here 10 years from now, you know, producing. And so what does that look like for you? What is your needs? You know, what kind of courses do you want to take? This is your opportunity. And, and I want to hear from that. And that's true of the current students, our prospective students who are interested in FISC, but also I would say you know, I'm speaking to alumni, alumni, stakeholders, business is in the industry. That's what we need to hear is what is it is important and how do we keep FISC being relevant 
and um, a sustainable for the future, and then also meeting the needs of the industry and the students. Let me ask you, Jennifer, the announcement was made about uh, FISC changing, but we haven't got many details on what it's going to look like going forward. Is that the case? Am I missing something? Yeah, I would say that's the challenge, and I, I've acknowledged that with the students and everyone I've talked to. It's really challenging because, unfortunately, we had a lot of people we had to tell before we could start those conversations. So instructors, you know, because we want our instructors to teach in the in the future FISC. And so we haven't had the time, unfortunately, to have those conversations. Um, I know you're going to, Doug is going to be on. And so we're going to be talking, we've talked a lot. We're really on the same page as far as where we want to head, as far as, you know, really offering flexibility, getting students on campus, um, you know, having that those more flexible options. And so I know there's a couple things that I'm working on. Um, I I started my Spanish for Dairy online um, non-credit class two years ago, and that was a partnership with Extension and uh, another business, Forte Dairy Consulting, and that has been really successful. So that's something that I plan on continuing. There's some other initiatives that I've started working on during FISC um, to offer that is now I can really use the time and actually get momentum going for those initiatives. So while it's a little, we're, we're planning on offering some things next year, but the true rollout will be in fall 23 when we actually can, you know, get people signed up, figure out what this looks like. And also I'm going to reiterate, like just hear from the industry because we don't want to just do the, Oh, we'll build it. They'll come. We want to actually hear input and feedback from people to say, what is it that you need? And so we got to have those authentic conversations with students, instructors, stakeholders so that we are able to plan something that works for them in the, into the future. All right. Well, we'll be checking back and finding out what those details start looking like. That's Jennifer Blazik. She is the current director of the Farm and Industry Short Course. It's on campus, perhaps, but still try to make sure they're getting the valuable life skills that they'll need to stay in agriculture. A developing story and one we'll keep you posted on. Have a great weekend, everybody. And remember, we'll be looking for your rainfall report starting on Monday. That uh, toll-free number we're 